Kia ora, I'm Strawn from Commoners Communion and you are listening to the Bridgetown Daily Podcast. It is a pleasure to be with you hanging out today and a real honour to get to share some of my heart with you in this space this week. Well, I don't know about you, um, although I kind of do because I feel like this is really common at the moment, but I feel constantly overwhelmed by the bombardment of information and activity flowing through the fibers and circuitries of the world. I don't know if it's social media that suddenly makes it so much more evident. Obviously, we live in a spectacular time where knowledge and the sharing of information is at its greatest peak. But sometimes it can be really hard knowing what we should engage in, what we shouldn't engage in. And even on both sides of those of that fence, how we even engage. What does it mean? What do we do with information? I feel like when I was a kid, you know, I was told someday you're going to be able to access any information in the whole world. You have everything at the end of your fingertips and it's going to be amazing. But nobody told me what to do once I had it. What do you do when you are so exposed to all of the breakthroughs in science, to all of the best theology, to all of the crisis and the heartache of the world? How is one soul meant to process what in truth only God was ever really meant to have? Full knowledge of all things. Did you know for a long time there have been some um, historians who have mapped out the amount of knowledge in the world? It was released in 1982. Um, It's called the Buckminster Fuller. Uh, I think that's based after his name, Knowledge Doubling Curve. And it's kind of crazy. They realized uh, that coming up to 1900, I think they, they measured one knowledge unit as basically all the years of humanity and history up to 0 AD. And it didn't double again f- uh, for the first, second time in history until the 1500s or something like that. By the year 1900, knowledge was doubling every century. In other words, all of the knowledge shared, accessed, understood by humanity all over the world, if you, if you gathered that all up into a measurement, in one measurement, it was doubling every century. By 1945, it was doubling every 25 years. By 1982, knowledge was doubling once a year. And they predict that by 2020, which we're in today, and it'd be interesting to see if they've updated it, knowledge would double every 11 to 12 hours. That's insane. In other words, everything that humanity knows and is learning is increasing, not just at a gradual incline, but at a a highly accelerating rate. In 10 years, it may be doubling every hour for all we know. And yet, despite all of this knowledge doubling throughout the world, it doesn't feel when I look out at the conversations we have with each other, when I look at the situation of our economy and um, all the different relationships between countries and politics and sociology, it doesn't feel like we are more wiser than we were. And so what does it mean to live a life following Jesus in this information-saturated age? Well, I don't know about you, but I love hunting secondhand bookstores in New Zealand. We, we have um, very, very small sections in them of spirituality and faith and theology and religion. And if you're lucky, you head into a small town, you will just find these perla little books. And about two years ago, 
I came across this book from a famous, um, well-known writer, uh, church father called Thomas Akempis. And it's a book called The Inner Life. And it is a mind-blowing book. I probably read it like 10 times a year. It's just little. But he has he starts the book by talking a lot about knowledge. And in chapter 3, a chapter titled On the Teaching of Truth, he says this, A humble knowledge of oneself is a surer road to God than a deep searching of the sciences. Yet learning itself is not to be blamed, nor is the simple knowledge of anything whatsoever to be despised. For true learning is good in itself and ordained by God, but a good conscience and a holy life are always to be preferred. But because many are more eager to acquire much learning than to live well, they often go astray and bear little or no fruit. If only such people were as diligent in the uprooting of vices and the planting of virtues as they are in the debating of problems, there would not be so many evils and scandals among the people. And so he's saying, and he goes on in these chapters to explain that knowledge is great and it's wonderful and understanding all of these is great, but it doesn't necessarily lead to transformation. So what does lead to transformation? What, if there is a Jesus way, what is the Jesus way? In John 16, we read, But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. So Jesus makes this promise that he will give us this divine internet, the Holy Spirit, this permanent connection, not as a device that we put in our pocket, but as a person who indwells our soul, who helps to interpret all of the information and the knowledge in the world through our abiding in him. And on the other hand, we have all of this external knowledge and information, which in our own works and efforts, we have to try and consume at such degrees that if we're honest with ourselves, you and I will never be able to interpret it and upload it to our hard drive in our skull fast enough to know what to do with it before it moves on. So we can either give into the trap of believing that the more we learn, the more transformed we will become. Or we can hold all of that knowledge in tension with the reality that retreating into the Holy Spirit, retreating into abiding in God is a place of safety. And when the rubber hits the road, what we're talking about is how often we spend time with God in prayer processing the information coming along our laps and our social media and our television and all of that. How much time are we spending processing that in peace and tranquility with God before we speak into it and add to it ourselves? You know, James talks about how we should be like God. In other words, we should be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger. That generally doesn't come from soaking in lots of information. That generally comes from revelation. Revelation is the process of God transforming information into knowledge through the process of communion. Information might be about quantity, but revelation is about quality. Information might be something we work to grasp, to comprehend and to understand. Revelation is about relationship. Revelation is about taking what we see here and understand to God. It's saying, help me to understand. Information is us dependent Revelation is God-dependent. Information is like Saul of Tarsus on the road 
study, learn, do, didn't, couldn't see Jesus persecuting Christians. He had all the information from the scripture to understand God and the world, and he was totally missing it. That's information. Revelation is Christ appearing to him on the road, and suddenly the penny drops. It wasn't greater study of the Torah that led Saul of Tarsus to become Paul the Apostle. It was the presence of Jesus transforming that information for him. Information is the Pharisees and Sadducees, and Jesus saying, you study the scriptures to know what to do. You're completely missing me. Revelation is Peter saying, you're the Christ. And Jesus in return saying, blessed are you, for this wasn't revealed to you by men, but your Father in heaven. So what do we do in moments like this when our social media is loud, when the television is loud, when there is so much knowledge and information and we don't know how to engage with it? We retreat into Christ and we say, our relationship with you, God, is our primary port of call for understanding and engaging with the world. Instead of being like the Pharisees and Sadducees where God might say, you study the latest science. You search social media, you read the latest books because you think in them you will find the solution to economy, politics, sociology, history, church. And yet you miss me in your very midst. I wonder if maybe the invitation is Christ saying, yes, all of that magnificent, wonderful, don't stop. But don't let that be where the weight of your transformation is taking place because it won't work. Meet me on the road. Confess to me. Be in relationship with me and allow me to transform your life. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and to move through us. Teach us how to rest in you and to see the world as you see it. Free us from the burden of trying to understand everything, learn everything, and grasp everything. Teach us the simplicity of living a holy life following you.